0: We're live. Stevie we Lee live. in the house can... with
1: Darren. What's happening, people? The Real Crime Real Time podcast. We've got an unprovoked live tonight with a man called Stevie Lee.
0: Yeah, Stevie Lee, we did a two-and-a-half-hour podcast with him that went out last night, and he's had nothing but love and respect and well-wishes come in all night long. And it's just been positive vibes.
1: What about you, Stevie, how, how's it been? Because I you know oh. podcasts and drain you, mate, So, I'll, with the yeah. big and and a half hour one, when was it recorded? Uh, it
2: was uh, what was it, was it in the summer song, July? Was it? was it?
0: It was recorded a while ago. If people want to find it, it's called An Average Lad Who Tried to Kill His Dad.
2: Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll um, get on to that story in a minute, Steve. We'll, we'll speak of that because that, how old was you when that happened
2: to you? Uh, what when I tried to actually kill my dad? Yeah. Uh, 21,
1: 22. How old are you now, lad? 38. So it's over a decade ago, but it's, it must be raw still. So here we go, Steve. I hope you're well, mates. It's going to be a yeah. short power hour. we am not going to drill you. I'm just going to get to know you a little bit. And like yeah. always, mate, I like to start at the beginning. How was your upbringing, lad?
2: Well, uh, <clears throat> um, I don't, I don't like, uh, pretend my upbringing to be any dark or any or or any harder than anyone else's but obviously I can only tell my story um I'll just just I'll just quickly start with um with actually this morning I because I I, I struggle with mental health um and um last night I I, I haven't slept at all because I was so anxious just about certain different things when I'm walking to work this morning, about five in the morning, I just burst into tears, <laughs> just like on it. Like and, and and I got into work, and in the locker room, my manager was there, and he was like, and, "and I," but you know, just uh, just come on me, you know, like just. Uh, but but um, well, my mum was 16 when she fell pregnant, um. And I won't go into too much of her story. That's her sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, let me hold you there a minute, Steve. Let me let me um, bring you back to the ages of ten.
2: Yeah. Cool. Ten yeah, years that's...
1: old. Where are you at in your life? Are you in school? Have you got a stable household? Is your is your mum and yeah. dad together? Give
2: us well, a little insight. Well, no, no. I I, I I I would never see my dad again until I was uh, about nineteen, twenty. So since I was born, he just done one. Well. Um hold, was, minute, um,
0: hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You, you skipped something very important here, Darren. His dad tried to kill him in the oh, room. yeah,
1: right? Well, that's... I can only ask him. That, I can only ask yeah, him. Sorry, him yeah, to speak about that. It's entirely up to him. That's why. Well, that's why look. So, you where, where are you born and where are you
2: raised? Steve, let's get this. I'm, I'm, I'm from Maidstone in Kent. Um, yeah. I was born in Maidstone Hospital, 19th October 1984. And yeah, Sean's right. I, <clears throat> um, so when my mum was pregnant, she was working at Safeways and uh, his, his, his family were desperate to just sweep me under the carpet. Like, the girl was, I mean, there was attempts of like kidnap on her to take her down to London to have an abortion. Cut a long story short, she was walking home one night, bearing in mind a vulnerable pregnant um, teenager in the dark. After, after a shift into the Safeways, and he's pulled up in his car with his new girlfriend, slung her in the back, knocked her about a bit, punched her in the stomach, saying, and saying, do you want to get rid of your... Do you know what? I remember when my mum told me this years later, and I remember I, I, I was just like, obviously, it's, she's shocked. It's your mum, isn't it? And I remember saying to her, like, what did you do, mum? And she just said, I curled up in her ball and just said, get off me. And when she said them words, it was... I, honestly it was like I was seeing her the sixteen year old of herself like just saying them words, you know. And I ca look, <clears throat> um calm I carry calm, calm yourself down. Yeah, sorry, I I get a bit like okay. it's okay, and, it's okay yeah. to get
1: emotional with with stuff like this, but just calm yeah. yourself down, it's okay.
2: Yeah.
1: So you so not, you had your mum went through this um Nasty situation with your father. How old was How old was you when your mum told you this 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 stuff about? Um,
2: <clears throat> these were years later. I'd I'd hear things, um, certain things here and there. Um, I think my auntie Kath threw a drink over him in a nightclub in Maidstone one night. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it it was just irrelevant in my life until until I was sort of nineteen twenty. Um, okay, I, so I,
1: at, at 10 then you, Have you got a single parent Or have you got a step back step Yeah,
2: back yeah or... um, Well, well um, my sister And my two brothers, Dad uh, We call him Bangkok Bob now He lives out in Thailand like, But uh, he, he I always used to call him Dad He was brilliant um, Him and my mum basically Split up when I was about 10 We moved She married someone else um, And then that that was a car crash that one um that marriage but and then actually a nice story is that, so he had two boys so they're not technically my brothers but we we always fought of each other like that and then my mum when we moved back down south from living in bristol and stuff they got back together and had my sister they're not together now but you know it's the modern family way isn't it really but um that was you know he's always been there sort of like in my corner, sort of thing, as my dad's sort of thing, you know what I mean? So all right, so I want
1: to know about you. Did you remain in school till you left school at yeah. 15? Or yeah. did you yeah. have a, was, was you was, did you commit any crime or was you just stable <laughs> at school?
2: No, do you know do you know what? <clears throat> um we'll get on to it later. Uh, even the police looked at my record. Like I, I um my first crime was nicking a penguin from a garage, an how SO old, garage. How old was you? Well, I was about eight, but it's only because my mum uh, said you can have two, you can have one thing. And I wanted a penguin, Anna, and whatever else it was. So I ended up slipping the penguin in my pocket.
1: So in real um, time, Stevie, you're not really criminal man. No, not at all, not at all. I'm yeah. judging, what I'm judging off the first five minutes is you're a young lad, you've stuck to your school. You, yeah you haven't had many altercations with the law at the age of no. 16. did you go on to college did
2: you yeah well, well after after my mom's marriage with with my with her husband just went completely bad I mean she she was uh she was she was mentally abused by this man and um she uh without being rude Steve look
1: without being rude mate I want to focus on you we, yeah, seem well, speaking, we seem to be speaking a lot about your mom and yeah, I know. I'm just, this, I'm
2: very, I'm very, I'm very conscious as well about not uh, trying not to upset her, if that makes sense, because because she's 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 gone through all this and she's tried to.
1: Uh, all I can say you know, about do, mom is, the best way not the best way out not to upset her is by not speaking about her on this content. Yeah, okay. Like, all personally. right. Okay. Well, will the effect well, I, I, it I want, actually, want to know your personal journey. Yeah, well, I can yes. understand, straight away your mum has gone through a lot, and that's affected you, and your yeah. mum's been affected of what you've done later on, and so on and so forth. Yeah, course, We'll yeah. get to that. We'll get to that when we get to it. But at the moment, I just want to
2: gauge you, just yeah. you. So, like, well, what? Well, well, throughout all this stuff that was happening, like throughout the ages of sort of ten to sixteen, I suppressed all of it. I never even liked smoking weed. I, it just made me want to eat biscuits. I didn't like it. Like I just wanted wanted to go. It just made me want to go to sleep. I remember one kid at school. He was staying at my house, and an older kid came along and racked up a couple of lines of whiz, and he went to sniff it. And I went, are "You going to sniff that are you?" And he went, "Yeah." And I went, "You're not staying at my house then." I, I just honestly, I just, I, I had no time for drugs, but I had all this underlining, uh, trauma, yeah, sort of thing. So 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 so. I believe that my mental health and addiction, especially my addiction, started, if this makes sense, started way before I even had my first line of Charlie. So how old, it,
1: was you, how old was you when you had your first line of cocaine? I was,
2: I was about 17, 18. Um, I, mem- I remember it vividly. I was in the back of uh, my mate's car, um, and one of the older blokes from the estate uh, wrapped up a line. And all the other stuff that was going on, do you know what I mean? I just, you know, for some reason I just thought, do you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. And I sniffed honestly, Darren, like when I sniffed this like little white powder, all these anxieties and all these negative feelings and all these memories and all these just went away in one instant in one puff of like powder, basically. And I, yeah, I, I well, you
1: know, as you know, it might have done uh, instance, but in the long term it creates oh, a lot yeah. of damage doesn't it yeah and it as you just said there's some older fella yeah got his drugs out and influenced you to take one basically and that's that's mm-hmm. what happens to the majority of the kids that end up on drugs is the older generation influencing yeah. the younger generation
2: yeah so yeah. was you working at this point mate 17 18 did you have a job um, or was you just yeah, floating I, was, I was working in home base three pound 23 an hour saturdays and sundays but obviously i was still at college i had done sports science and media studies um, my little sister come along at that time as well which was really she's really happy um but then it all just sort of uh changed my mum left she took my sister and moved up north and i was in maidstone basically on my own i um she she tried to help me out and put me she put me in with a uh, like like sort of like you know like renting a room in someone's loft but it yeah. was like it was like with a church family, yeah, and they were always trying to get me to go to church. And the daughter, she was really weird. Like, like, uh, she, like, she was, uh, she was, really obese. I'm not like saying, but she would like say stuff to me, like when I was, when I'll be walking past her on the stairs, she would be like licking her lips and like sh- flashing her tits at me and stuff. What the fuck? And then, and then, like, when everyone was out, and I'll did be in the loft.
1: See, did that make you feel uncomfortable?
2: Well, yeah, just, in
1: what, what way? In well, what cause... way did it make you feel? I mean, if I was in a house 19 and he had some fat bird getting her nipples out, you know, licking her lips, I'm sure I would have, um, as as the fat hippos say, come on, dive in.
2: Well, you... she had a bigger mustache than, uh, than Freddie Mercury, so I don't think so. <laughs> But listen, listen, to this, listen to this though. It was, it was creepy. It, it, it was creepy though. I'll be upstairs in my in my room, and everyone'll be out, and she'll be like, "I've got a chocolate, of Claire. I'm putting it in my baguette. and I'll be like, "Oh, you me out." And then, that, and then I'd have to go and sit and have dinner with her. It was just with her parents and all that, and it was just a weird old turnout.
1: Well, was she oh. like? was she teasing you with a chocolate éclair sort of thing? I've got a yeah,
2: chocolate like Do you want half a hanging out, half hanging out. So, hmm. I guess she wanted me oh. to eat the other half or something. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I took, yeah, I took yeah. it, it's all a bit watty,
1: isn't it? So we're moving along. You're yeah. in this religious family's bedroom yeah. that your mum helped you with. Yeah. You've got this little crazy obese girl trying to act all perverted with you. It had you a little bit shut up, so you ain't comfortable living there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so,
1: I, 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 all I've, I've, that, so let's let's take it to let's get to the nitty gritty, mate. Yeah. You haven't seen your dad for quite a while. You're still yeah. in Maidstone. And then all of a sudden, you age 19.
2: What happened? Well, I've managed to get hold of his address and uh, I've always sort of wondered about him. My mum was gone. I was sort of on my own in Maidstone. I just, I've just started on my drugs journey as well, which first of all, by the way, became very social. And then became very quickly, very unsocial, where I was doing it on my own, um, hiding behind doors and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, so I just met up with him. Um, but from the first moment I did, I felt the energy like he just didn't, he, he was hoping that I'd just be swept under the carpet. And that, that I, he was gutted that I came along. He had his new family now, big house and all that, which I don't resent him for, but um, he would. He would then. Did you have, did you have
1: any resentment at all? The way he just dropped you out and moved along with new children? Oh. Or so? You must have had some.
2: Well, yeah, but not. never yeah, but not. Look, not the way he's made a success for himself. But I just, yeah, of course I did about the yeah the other aspects. Um, but it, it wasn't. It was the way he made me feel. F- he would do stuff like um. Uh, like I I bought him. He, he's an Arsenal fan. And that's why I can't stand Arsenal now. But um, I bought him an Arsenal shirt for his birthday. And he was like, no, I don't want that. I've already got one. I was like, all right, OK. He would make a point of, I called him dad once, and he'd make a point of, I wasn't to call him dad. And to, and the thing is, that he fed me all these lies, like mixing with my head, saying that I he tried to fight custody of my mum, she took me away. So then I, then I put that on my mum. And I was feeling all like, what's going on here? he wouldn't let me meet my sister Jessica I don't think he wanted me to meet her at all but when she got older like when she was 14 he had to but he was he was like it I think it was on my 21st birthday I was working at a place in uh, like a warehouse and he promised he'd pick me up I waited there for three hours even the security guard said look I've got to lock up now turned off. And then he'll be like, I'm oh, back on the scene. Like, just, I was just all over the shop.
1: You know. So, so so basically, your relationship was never able to be repaired. It was always fractured. No. He was yeah. always fobbing you off, making you feel let down, making you feel not wanted. Yeah. So we get to the point where you're not happy. What happened for you yeah. The, the turning. To, to have an altercation where you've tried to kill him?
2: What happened there? Well, I was building up a really good relationship with my sister, Jessica. Uh, We'd go to the cinema and stuff like that. Um, I remember once I I got loads of missed calls in the middle of the night from her. And when I woke up for work, because I've always worked, whether it be window cleaning, just cashing out, you know. um, And then I was like, oh, Jess, I'm panicking. Like, what's, what's going on? Like, what's... He said, "Oh no, my friend Sonia kissed kissed a boy I like," and I was like, "Ah, oh, but but the thing, she came to me, you know, like I just felt like we and and, and we missed all that time. Thing is, thing is, with him is you're right. He he was a stranger. He missed out on all them pivotal years. It was never gonna work, really. But I, but the best thing to come out of it was my sister. And then, but I was right. I was I was, I was heavily, I'd say I was heavily using then around 21 and i couldn't take him picking me up putting me down. so i decided the best thing for me to do is just not have any contact with him at all but i still want a relationship with jessica and i told him that so with that the spiteful person he is he told jessica my sister that i wasn't even her brother that i don't know who he is i think he's trying to get money out of us there was a dna test done Which there was, because he turned up to court once and said he didn't even know my mum, because he didn't want to pay child maintenance. So then, that in a drug-fueled, like, right, okay, you you know, I'm sitting there. You can imagine the nights, like, right. And then one night, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to fucking iron him out.
1: Right. So stop here. So, Mm. how long was you contemplating that before you put it into action? Was it instantly, or was it a build-up?
2: It was a build up and then one night I just went bang it was just I was just I, I was just sitting at home watching TV I've got nothing else on I was going to go and do it and went around there with a knife
1: How long was you how, how long was it building up before you went and lost it to go there
2: Well uh I guess a few months
1: Right
2: but but it was that kind of, it was that kind of like like cuz it could have been any night why that night it was just like bang I'm doing it like once I had it in my head that I was going to do it then that was it. I was gonna go sort
1: of after after a duration of time, it sort of grew and grew and grew, and the age yeah. was too powerful.
2: Yeah, just yeah just,
1: night and went.
2: Yeah, I just, um, I just wanted I just wanted revenge, like I just wanted so, him.
1: So so you were plotting revenge against your dad because, because the way he treated you and the way he sacrificed you with your little sister and stuff. So how did was it was it planned? Did you plan it? Did you put gloves on? Did you get a weapon? Did you or did you just think I'm just gonna go to knock I'd, on the door?
2: It was yeah i just i just i had no gloves on i went around there with a knife um i walked around there i put my headphones on put some music on like you know when you're like just you know what i mean it's just thinking about the man like thinking about how much you hate him getting yourself
1: um, getting yourself ready for it with with the what what sort of music was you listening to when he was on your like way it was
2: it was metallica enter sandman over and over again you know that first bitwick i was like uh he's got a big um did that get you in the mood? Yeah, yeah. I was, and, and then I was just like, you know. And then obviously full of marching powder as well, that makes you like. You, obviously, I was just completely charged. Strength of ten men and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and I just, I just walked up his path. I, I think it must have been about midnight when I got there. Right. So um, he
1: must, well, he must have been a little bit shocked. You knocking at the door at midnight. Yeah,
2: he, was, he did. He, he came down in his like his pants basically.
1: Yeah, um, but, you, but so you're charged up. You've been you've been consuming cocaine for hours, so your eyes must have been bulging out your head. You must have been yeah. a scary sight, mate.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't doubt that. Um, but
0: when we wake up in the morning, we get out of bed and we start our day with coro snacks. Koro is a healthy snacks brand focusing on bringing additive free natural ingredients to their customers with fair prices in bulk packaging. They have everything from nut butters to free from baking ingredients to cooking essentials and, of course, the snacks. Oh, these Syrian pumpkin seeds from Coro are amazing. I have them on my cheese on toast every morning. You've been getting into them, Jen?
2: Yes, and all the health benefits it brings.
0: <laughs> Look at that.
2: Quite a, lot. quite
0: a lot. I do Lashings know. of them. Right. Pop this in the oven then. So what makes Coro special in comparison to others? Koro cares about sustainability. Their bulk packs save on packaging material compared to small single packs. For a five percent discount on Coros products use the code TRUECRIME with no space in between true and crime. The link to Coros online shop is in the description box on YouTube. Thanks for supporting our sponsor.
1: Can I mean, so you knock on the door? Give us an insight. Yeah. What do you do? To, is it a bell? Is it a door? Yeah, no, just it, it's like a movie. And I'm yeah, we'll, seeing we'll,
2: more and more. That's right, right. So he, he lives um up a private road and, and it's full of farm estates. So his is the last one. So I'm walking up the country lane, I'm listening to Enter mm-hmm. Sandman. I'm charging off my lap. I'm saying, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna I'm tell him this. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch him bleed out and all this sort I'm really like. Telling myself, I can feel myself getting back like, back to that night, you know. Um I've at that time I've got no remorse whatsoever because on cocaine, you don't have there's no there's no like I feel sorry for whatever. I'm thinking about all the things he's done to my mum, thinking about all the, I'm thinking about Jess. I don't care about my future, I haven't got one at, at this point. Um and he had to go, he had to go. And then <clears throat> so so I've, I've walked up the stone paths so so foot my footsteps must he must have heard um obviously him and his family were in bed i've 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 put two strong knocks on the door and i've stepped two steps backwards about a few minutes later he scuttled down and he's got like horse uh sort of doors so he's opened one door like the top bit you know like stable yeah like a stable door like yeah and he's and he's looked at me like in disgust and was like, which made me even more like vexed. He's gone. No one wants you around here. And I and I just thought so I had the knife behind my back and I said, "Well, come out here and say that then." And he leaned out a little bit further, and that's when, like the moonlight hit, it lit up his his neck like a like a Christmas tree. And I thought that's my target there. And then I I just sort I remember in that instance I sort of half smiled to myself and thought, "You're getting it now." You say that, and then like so. I whipped the knife around and went to lunge in, and a light came on, on on, like just caught my eye. I looked up, and it was my little sister Jessica looking out the window. And And that's when
1: I did she witness it?
2: Well, yeah, she was she witnessed the whole thing, yeah. And that was when I just I just I thought I stopped in my tracks, like because I love my sister. I like you know, that's when
1: just let me let me rewind. He's came, he's opened the stable door type thing. He's popped through. The moonlight shone on his neck. It was your target. Did you attack the target?
2: Yeah, but I was I was at, I was lunging and then I looked. The, the light came on. And I looked up and I and it was I saw it was Jessica, and I stopped. Like probably about. Well, I was two steps back, so I, was, I took one step like that and then stopped.
1: So you didn't end up harming him.
2: No, I didn't. No.
1: Bloody hell. I was expecting some big anticlimax here, mate.
2: Well, I tried to kill him, that was the thing.
1: So you went to, but you
2: never. No.
1: Did you did you harm him with your knife? No, I
2: didn't.
1: Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, that's yeah. that's that's a good thing out of it all, isn't it? Yeah. I... So the power of your little sister staring on when you're in yeah. them deep emotions, when you're charged yeah. up through your drugs. When you're very emotional plot on this revenge that's been building up for months, just your little sister popping her head out stopped you in that moment.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just. What I did just, you do?
1: What? What was? What did you do from then on? Did you cry? Did you scream out for her? Did you just turn around, walk away?
2: What? I, 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 I think I just said to him, "I'll get you one day," and then just walked off. Walked, walked, back down where did, the country. Where did,
1: where did you get your Where did you get your weapon from? Was it a kitchen weapon? Was
2: yeah, it just just a kitchen weapon. It wasn't like anything. I I never really had knives at home or anything like that. But I like, I, I got rid of the knife, and I was half expecting the police to pull me over. But I just I, I walked all the way home, and it's about a good good hours walk. Well, it must have been shocking, mustn't it for the whole family to have someone as
1: yourself who they believe is. You know you shouldn't be there. All of a sudden, turning up at twelve o'clock yeah. at midnight,
2: and yeah, so I, you're I, quite lucky.
1: You're quite lucky. You never rang the police, aren't you?
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I still don't know whether he did. I never heard anything. Maybe. So, maybe. So what, maybe you, so what year was this then, Stevie? Uh, I was about 21, 22. So oh, I don't know what year that would have been. Have you ever been to prison since then? What? Since oh, what, that it?
1: incident where you tried to kill your dad. But never
2: have I, have I been. To you ever,
1: have you ever committed any criminal offences since then, which have placed you in custody?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did when I was thirty-two. Yeah.
1: So for so from twenty-two to thirty-two, you, you committed no
2: offences at all. No, no.
1: Well, what What, what offence did you commit when you was thirty-two? Then
2: it was an armed robbery.
1: Bloody on an
2: hell! License, on and off license, yeah. What,
1: what what was that to do with your addiction? Or
2: yeah, I. Uh, i was suffering from uh real bad drug psychosis like i spent um i spent the next sort of decade i suppose just like a like a uh, i think my uncle used to call me the lost boy just you know sofa surfing doing a, i still uh, just to know i can't even remember half of it it was just you assist. were just on
1: a you were just on a drug fueled path of trying to yeah. get an yeah. addiction
2: on basically. I've never been a naturally nasty person where I go and rob old grannies or anything like that. I'd always That's make true. sure I work, and even though on a Friday I'll have no wages because it'd all be owed out to dealers and that, I'd still get up. You know what I mean? I was I was, I was like, I'd say it's like a z- existing, but as a living ghost, if that makes sense. It
1: makes it makes very much sense. So. You're thirty-two. You decide to go and do an armed robbery on the off licence. What was all
2: that no, about? Well, no. Um. Well, this was in July, 2017, but in uh in December, 2016, I went to the GP and said, look, because something was happening like with me, and I don't. I was uh seeing stuff like oh um. I I just wasn't right. I wasn't right, and I knew something wasn't right. I went to the GPs and said, oh, "Look, I, I'm, I'm not feeling very like well in myself. Um, can I get some help?" They just put me in a like, a, sent me down to a like a community mental health centre, and the, the lady that was that was trying to help me was just scatty as Oh, jump on the scales. Are you all right? Like, how are you doing? You want a cracker? Like, I thought, bloody, what is was. And then they, they ended up putting me in, uh, in in just general hospital for five days. And I so you so
1: you went you went into a general hospital to be assessed and see what was going I, on with you. Have you got any past history of psychosis or mental health conditions?
2: No, but when I ended up going to prison, I uh a psychiatrist come to see me and diagnosed me with um uh like a few things like uh I was suffering from psychosis, that's why my sentence did get reduced but also okay, then. Like, so
1: let's, hear, let's hear about the details of the robbery you you went into the off license did you have a weapon on you this time
2: yeah but um basically i'd i'd had uh, uh, it's hard to explain but i was at home on a sunday after uh, after getting on it all week and it's like i split myself in two so i was i was paranoid because i'd I'd had an argument with this bloke who didn't pay me, so I nicked his car and stuff like that. So I was worried he was going to come round. And it was like, so I decided to go to the shop to get some beers, but I was carrying a knife on me around the house because I thought if he's going to come. And it's like I sort of said to myself, right, Stevie, you wait here and watch out whether this bloke comes and I'm going to go to the shop and get some beers. And it was like, like, and it was like when I when it was happening, it was like I was looking at it in the third person. Like, so I just walked in the shop, uh, said hello, like knocked to load the beers over, and apparently, uh, I later found out I'd, I'd done exactly the same thing that um, a couple of hours earlier I'd gone in the shop. I don't even remember being in the shop, but this time so and then. The person in the shop started saying oh look because I'd have been in there earlier you've you've done it again and then I just I just thought oh I don't need this I've got to work tomorrow like and I, I remember talking to myself like that and then and then it's that it's that it's that impulsive thing. I just something just switched. I felt the knife in my pocket I thought right and I just without even thinking about it I looked around to make sure there's no one else in the shop to whip the knife out and went put the money from the till in the bag. And did she? Yeah, put the oh, money. Did get? Uh, only a couple of hundred quid, but I only yeah. found that late, like out 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 that later when. Um, did when you take it, anything
1: else? Didn't you grab? Didn't you grab twenty
2: biffs and a can of ale or nothing? No, I've I've, I've apparently I've I bought I've, I've got four beers and paid for them.
1: <laughs> so, was you on? Was you on any medication at the time and mixing it with drink and that's why you forgot? Cause. I've heard a lot of people say that they were taken, like, um, to mazzy pans and stuff like no, this. I've been never, in been into, that.
2: never been into all that sort of stuff, no. I've not, okay, then,
1: know. so you've got in this off-licence, you've went in earlier on, you've caused a bit of a mess, you've left. A few hours later, you've gone back, you've pulled your knife out, you've got a few hundred quid off them. That's the robbery offence there. You yeah. left the off-licence, So did you manage to walk away from the off-licence before the police arrived? How did you get arrested for it?
2: Yeah, well, I was just, I was at home. I, I just walked home, even sat on the bench, the bench to have a beer. I wasn't like, you know, I've just done an armed robbery and I'm just walking home like I'm, I'm out on a Sunday walk. I, I half forgot i even done it because I rang up my brother and said, look, I've got a load of cash on the bed here. And he said, well, you better better jump on the train to get to your mum's or something. And then I just sat in the garden in, in a pair of shorts and then armed old Bill just turned up out of nowhere.
1: And arrested for armed robbery?
2: Yeah.
1: So you was arrested, took into the police station, questioned, interviewed. Did you hold your hands up?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was looking at my solicitor. I was like trying to try help me and he was like, you're fucked. What do you want me to say?
1: So did but, you get charged and remanded into custody or was you on bail?
2: Yeah, got. yeah, yeah. Got remanded.
1: What, we, what, uh, what, we, what, what prison did you get remanded
2: to? Uh, Elmley. Elmley in
1: the Isle of Kent, isn't it?
2: Yeah, the Isle of Shepherd, yeah, that's yeah, the one,
1: yeah. yeah. So but... you're on my man now, mate. Is this your first time in a custodial setting? First,
2: first time, yeah.
1: How did that feel at the age of 32?
2: Well, I never well, I never thought I'd be there. Um but but do you know what? Do you know what in the prison van on the way there? I said to myself, Whatever's coming, you do you know what I mean? You've been living a certain way for so long. You better get a grip of yourself. Like, do you know what I mean? And but a lot of a lot of people. You you can use prison. Prison is there to reform people. You can just sit on your bed and smoke spice all day, or or just do whatever you want to do. But do you know what? I I thought this is my lowest of the low. So when they came round to see me after a couple of weeks and said, "Look, do you want to do any courses?" It was like they were just gonna. They were expecting me to go. No, no, no. I just said, "Put me on all of them. I'll do anything you think I do. You know what I mean?" And I managed to get on quite a few uh, courses and like uh, stepping stones in there and sort of stuff like that. And I I found it really useful. Did you manage
1: to seek help for what you were going through mentally? Did you you get any help within the system to deal with how you were feeling for a long time and stuff?
2: Well, to be honest, the mental health uh, in the system is not really the best. So... is it? <laughs> you're better off just, you know,
1: I, doing it yourself.
2: Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I know the process of prison. I, I've not be, been in plenty of them myself. So you you'd yeah. end up on the induction wing, which is like the reception wing. You're in there. You're doing your induction. How was your feelings for your first time? Was you was you a bit scared, or did you just put yeah. that? Did you put that false persona on that? I'm just gonna deal with this.
2: So. Or... Well, in, 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 inside I was, but listen, I, I'm, I've never been watch, much of a fighter and I knew that, and, uh, but, but in prison you have to stand up for yourself when you you, know, you, you just got to kind of front it out, really. I, yeah. I never actually made it onto the induction wing. I was straight on house block three because they said, has anyone got any drug problems? And I put my hand up straight away and said, yeah. And they put me straight on a, a main you- wing. Yeah, detox wing, that's it, yeah. Why
1: well, was your feeling on there? Because in every prison, the detox wings are the wings that are full of drugs.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. That's, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I know. But so I made
1: that, it... The geared out. Them wings are geared out in prison to yeah, get yeah, people who are bad on drugs on there so they can get themselves off drugs. But Because there's that many people with addictions on there, every one of them continued their addictions on there, and, and, and it's a wash with drugs on them wings, isn't it? So, how was your feeling?
2: Yeah. It, was, it was, I mean, the, the day that l- luckily I'd, I'd been on like a, a 10 day bender, so um, I had a massive beard, my hair was all over the place. Um, I think I, I don't even think I had any shoes on, I was in. I was still in a pair of shorts and a vest, so in the mornings, when like. These two fraggles in the cell were saying to me all night, "Oh, you're gonna get robbed in the morning and all this." So, but when 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 these when the door opened, and then a couple of geezers came in, waiting to rob me. They just looked looked at me and thought, "We well, ain't got a fuck all." Look at him. Luckily, has that done me a favor. But honestly, when I went out there, because as soon as the door opens, at eight o'clock on them drug wings, they're all out there. I like, don't yeah,
1: they know. They're all on the graft aren't they? They're running yeah, around well, trying to get can you, things. What can,
2: things. You, what can you do for that? What can you, it was like it was like it was like a massive market. Like people shouting over oh, here, really? I've got values. Oh, That's I'm what rallies. it is. The
1: biggest market on them wings as well is government medication, isn't it?
2: You've got people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 15 15 yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're even spitting out a, um, methadone, put into a cup, and then then someone else is having that.
1: Yeah, I've not. And what else they do, what I, what I recognize they do right through prison is when they go to most medication hatches now, they make you have a crushed up tablet.
2: Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. They crush yeah.
1: yeah. the tablet up before they give you it and make you drink a little bit of water. But these yeah. these addicts, oh, they've got some away. Still wow. where they could wrap it up in their skin, in the mouth or something keep yeah. it to the side and then bring it out and sell it on the wing in, in milligram lines like subitex and stuff yeah, like that.
2: So, yeah yeah, it's madness, yeah.
1: Did you did you did you participate in any any of that any of that behaviour? Was you taking no, I, any no, any substances whilst well, so you were on that wing?
2: No, because um cocaine wasn't really it's not really known in jails really. It's a bit a bit privileged. Um yeah. I, I had a booze every now and again in prison. What
1: the uh, who- other than-
2: yeah, a bit of yeah, a bit of distilled and distilled, stuff like yeah. That. yeah, but other than that, now I I I decided that. Do you know what I mean? I just I wanted I wanted to. I wanted to I, if I was going to be there for a while, I wanted to make something. Up, do you know what I mean? I got get yourself clean, get your
1: yeah.
2: head better. Yeah. I okay.
1: Gotta, so I'm, how long how long was you on the detox wing then before you went over to normal location or did you re, did you remain? On the yeah, I just
2: of... I, I I just remained there. Yeah, it was just I I, I didn't mind moving or whatever, but it just so happened to, I just stayed there. I got a job in the library. Which so is...
1: yeah, did you go to a did you get a job in the library straight away or did you no. work yourself onto that position? Yeah,
2: what? Yeah, yeah, worked. Yeah, I just I just basically because the library the library for me was a no brainer. I get to read the paper every day. I can recommend people because I, I I love um reading non fiction stuff. So it was, it was a great job for me um and when I went when I moved on to Rochester I was lucky enough that the library orderly there um actually was was getting out so I, I got that job as well I was really lucky with it was
1: that. because you held a position in your, in your Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah, so you it. it was a
1: lot easier if you get the job in there
2: yeah,
1: too. Yeah. so how long how long was your deal uh, only for before you arrived at rochester well how long did you get what was your sentence well
2: yeah, well, it's it, it with all the mitigation because I I, I was it, you know like
1: diminished responsibility sort yeah,
2: of yeah yeah but also a lot of them, like for them people in they're they were in the shop they were just they were just working on a Sunday night and this is dickheads just come in and do you know what I mean I, I I wrote them a nice letter and now and I just I, I do wish them well um like that's not something is not do you know do you know what I think it was Darren in hindsight like maybe maybe I was just like. Uh, like, maybe it was just like because I went for help, didn't I? Do you remember in in, in December? So do,
1: you it, do you think it was sort of like uh over exaggerated
2: shout for help? Yeah, yeah, kind of like stop me, stop me, sort of. I don't know, do you know? Yeah. Uh, so, was, you're, so
1: you're on remand. How long are you on remand for
2: uh, before you're sentenced? Four months, I think.
1: So you get sentenced, you go into court. What are you expecting without the well, without the you know without the things coming into well, play? What was you expecting initially?
2: Well, well, my brief said eight years.
1: Ooh, well, that's long for the first sentence, isn't it?
2: Yeah. How was so, you
1: feeling but, when you heard that, son?
2: Oh, I just, I, I, again, I just said to myself, whatever this judge says now, just look at him straight in, because my mate in prison, who I know from the outset, I don't want to hear about you buckling in the dock. In the papers, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you stand tall and take it,
1: yeah. Once you're there, you've got to take it on the chin. You've done a crime, you've got to do your yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, listen, you know, you can't you can't expect to do something like that and not accept responsibility for it, you know. Um, so I got given the three years, and then that's when so, we... so you went into
1: court expecting at eight, yeah. all of a sudden, you've got reports. You've, yeah. written, you've written to the judge, you've expressed your, your remorse yeah. for your crime. The judges understand that you're not really... He's looked at your history, you haven't got much there. He's not understanding why you're there, and so he's hit you with a three-year sentence. Is that due yeah. 15 months?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think... No, 18, is it?
1: 18 months, yeah. Three years, yeah. Yeah, 18, so you, yeah. yeah. so you're done... Yeah, that's right, so... You've got to do eighteen months, and you, you're off to Rochester. How did you find Rochester when you landed there? Was it different? Because yeah, it doesn't, I, matter, it doesn't matter what prison you go to, you've got to start the process again. So did you yeah, end exactly. up on another? Did you end up on another wing full of addicts, or did you end
2: up on a normal uh, induction wing? Yeah, normal induction wing. Um, right, how was that yeah. to you? Uh, it was all right. It was just, you know, it's just. It's all right.
1: It is what it is, mate. A lot of people go to these prisons thinking what happens next. Some can handle this, some can't. Some get yeah. into trouble, some don't. So, how was you feeling when you landed in this Rochester?
2: Well, it was a, do you know what? Um, there's a lot of like uh, gangs from London in there because they're doing their county lines
1: yeah.
2: um, in Kent. So, they, they get nicked and then obviously get sent to Rochester. And am a very but- hungry auntie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyone
1: anyone that comes in, like they're looking to see what they've got, haven't they? So, exactly, yeah. But it's a very intimidating time, isn't it, when you first step into it? Yeah, when you,
2: yeah, because everyone's kind of like, you know. But to be honest, I just kept myself to myself. And I, and I had had a few mates from the out anyway that were in there because it's it's basically our local prison. So, so I was, and then I got that job in the library pretty quickly. So, so I found my feet actually quite, quite quickly, actually. Um, and that's I, I, I spoke about it on the um, Sean Atwood uh, the podcast. That was when I came across that uh, that knobhead in the library. Actually, we'll call it. We'll... Oh, so,
1: so you so you go you're in you're in a, you go to Rochester. You you're on yeah. you're on the induction wing. How long you're on that induction wing before you go to normal location?
2: I I need a week or so.
1: So you are done a week on on the induction wing. Yeah. You'd have a feel for what the prison was going to be like.
2: Yeah. Was
1: you anticipating going into the wider prison?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically all Rochester's only small anyway, so it's basically all the same. The only the only difference to in Roche, Rochester's probably got more drugs than Elmley because it's there's lots of outside areas you can walk to. Everything gets thrown over the wall. They've got a massive. They've got a massive, got a massive drug problem in Rochester.
1: Well, when I was listening to Sean's feed last night, you, you you'd had a few little altercations in there, and in particular with a scouser, you would yeah. you you wouldn't want to say his names on Sean's live last night. Yeah. You know it is what it is. Can you remember what the scouser's
2: name is? Of course I can. Snitchy, that's his name. Snitchy Honestly.
1: Bumberclark, we call him. Yeah. So you sorry. met you, you met Snitchy Bumberclark while you're in
2: Rochester. Yeah, giving it all a big one, he was
1: bloody hell, mate. How did you describe him on his show? Someone with eyebrows that were painted on. Yeah, a
2: yeah, he looks like you know, uh, in Toy Story, that Mr. Potato Head, where all different bits of his body are like stuck, to, like his lips are there, and he, you know what I mean. I, honestly, I can't stand him, mate.
1: Well, what what happened there? But give us give us an insight into what how your face came into contact, and and how did it not go good for you? what happened?
2: Well, like so in the library. Like, um the boys can come in. There's no screws about. There's just two 60-year-old women, right? They're just civvies. They ain't nothing to do with the prison system. They're just coming in. They're 60 years old. They've been working there for years. You can you can um, read a sto- read a story and send it to your kids. You can read the paper. No one wants any grief. But, no, it, this this dickhead didn't, did he, Mr Potato Head? Hang on
1: a minute. Let's speak about the library setup up because the library in every prison is sort of like a release card for you for an hour. So if you're, if you're on yeah. the board, shitless, you go to the library, chill out, read the inside, yeah, exactly. and that's and right. Right. Yeah. Out, do whatever, and that's the opportunity. So you're working there, all of a sudden, this scouser walks in that looks like a potato. Was he loud? Yeah. Was he boisterous?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen him about the jail as well, thinking he's a big big I am. Like... But things everyone's all nice to him, and then behind the back they all think he's a dickhead. That's what <laughs> I saw. Anyway, so he he comes in with his bad energy. I don't know what his problem was. Um, I don't know, but he just just kept w- just walking up and down like these these poor old women, and then like just going to like saying slag in their face and all this sort of stuff. How old were
1: these women? In their sixties, they are. And he's in the face,
2: intimidating them,
1: calling them, and yeah. words.
2: Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's him in a nutshell, though, people. Yeah. Well, it's, well, yeah, I discovered that pretty quickly. Yeah. So I, I said, listen, mate, what, what are you doing? Like, you can't be doing that, because I, because I, I can't be having. So he started giving. At it all the end, end of the day, mate.
1: At the end of the day, when you're an orderly in that library and you've got two. Yeah. Civilian Liberians that work in the libraries outside and come in here without pay to do a few hours right. in the library. Within exactly, prison. exactly. You're yeah. not, you being around them so much, knowing how they are and who they are and whatever and so forth, you're not going to allow any inmates. Well, it doesn't matter like- if, if there's an inmate coming in with a bad attitude, yeah, intimidating these old women. you have
2: got to have something to say in this, or is that is that is that why
1: you've stood up and I'm
2: gonna Yeah, i was, I, was, yeah, I said this ain't right, like what, you know what I mean, and then he he started squaring up to me, and then like he's going, yeah, you want to have it? Do you? And I said, yeah, I well, on, Let's go right. I was ready to go right there and then. I'm I'm not much of a fighter, but I didn't like what I saw. Um, you know, and uh, but then she 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 sort of rang ran up one of the screws. One of the screws came over and got him out. But then i see him like like a few weeks later i was um i was going to get some it was macmillan cake cake day so a few of the boys have made some cakes they're selling them at the gym so i was on the walkway coming out with my cakes and he came out in front of all his dickhead pals and not one of them out of my hand so then we're just More like we're a fully type figure yeah, just like, yeah, just like that. I just thought, yeah, it's just a knobhead, mate. So me, me oh, and him how went was you
1: buying, Sorry, mate, how was you buying cakes? What, what do you mean? Was it a was it charity? Was you a charity? Was money out of your canteen or something?
2: Yeah, yeah, you could basically pay with your canteen. So I don't know what he was doing down there because he had never had no fucking canteen, did he? But, <laughs> yeah, you can buy, it. yeah, you can buy uh, cakes on your canteen. The boys make them and all, all the money goes to Macmillan Cancer Research, so.
1: That was good. So you went down. You bought a few cakes. You are coming out and there's potato Head.
2: Yeah, potato wed, Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was you
1: with a group of scouses or with a group of other people? No, out? no, they,
2: they, no. I don't think so. Just, just some um, fraggles, really. But yeah, and then, and then, so we, so we just got locked into it. But then, off, it's right on the walkway. The screws are all there, so they just come running over. And then, but then, um, but the thing is, like. I forgot. I've I've scrossed out whatever he's just living it. But then when he comes out on on YouTube and saying I'm a reformed character and all and all this sort of stuff, but then on one of his, I've just thought you're just nothing but a bully. He's been found out now.
1: So, was, so let me hold you there a minute, Steve. you're in prison with him on a sentence, and what year is this?
2: This is 2019.
1: Right. So we got out of prison and and, and craved to get on platforms. Eventually he got on platforms and tried to. Yeah, a load of lies about me, but I forgot about that. I haven't forgot about him, I forgot about him and the one eyed monster, if you like.
2: Yeah, so
1: he was portraying himself in custody as this big bully, thinking he had things locked down, picking on people, screaming at old women in the library, and then. A year later, six months later, when he's free, you're now seeing him on platforms trying to proclaim himself as being this reformed character. Yeah,
2: yeah, I I saw right through it, mate. Yeah. What was you thinking when you're seeing
1: that? Well, that's some change.
2: Yeah. Well, well, well well, look at him now. Look what it's I mean, what I've been hearing, like about what so so it's all bullshit, wasn't it? Like he 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 wanted to be famous or something.
1: (laughs) You got that right. He just he just wanted attention, mate. It's crazy.
2: But he got it. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, but, but but he said in one of his videos, um, if anyone's got a problem with me, just ask me a number. I'll give it to you. So I thought, all right, then, because I'm not, I'm not going to make a YouTube video about someone and say, oh, yeah, I'd just rather just fucking speak to them themselves. So I messaged him, like, saying, no, what's your number? And he just basically said, I think he said something about, my missus, because my missus was in my profile picture. I talked with my missus saying she looks older than you, and then blocked me.
1: Well, there you go, lads. And then a few minutes later, he's out there selling fake tickets to a gang of kids, defrauding them exactly. and so on and so on. and and you know what? He's probably sat in prison somewhere now if he's not selling drugs. And that's that's the way he is. There's you. Have you got a job yeah. now since you, uh, what yeah. year what year did you come
2: out of custody? Uh, come out in uh was it? Oh no, it might've been 19, either 2020 or 2019. I can't exactly remember now. No, 2020, I think.
1: So you've been out for a couple of years now. Have you been abusing drugs still or have you turned the corner with
2: that? No, do you know what? Um, I now live in Hull. I went to rehab up here. Um, I met some fantastic people. Um, I managed to get a job at a renewable energy company. Um, uh I I mean just uh, just yeah, I just uh, do you know what? Do Complete you know change. What?
1: Complete yeah, change, is One minute you're down south, you go into prison, then you're up north. Yeah. Well, well listen, I how do, you, how do you feel about the northern the northern people then? Oh they funny? brilliant. Far, you know?
2: They're brilliant i, I like ch- i like chatting to people on the bus randomly and if you do that down south they think you're a, a nutter but up here they're all like hello you're right? I, I like going into shops and saying hello you're right um yeah just I've, I've, I've you know i've i've got my missus like i, I don't you know what today i had a terrible day at work like it was just non and then i came home and we had a little chat and that and i cooked her an omelette and yeah, do you know i've got barbie and miley here my two little guinea pigs i mean no one would would let me look after their cheese sandwich a few years ago and now i've got two little beauty you know what i mean i still got that um like that impulsive I, I have to try and think of my not not act on my first four or second third or fourth but maybe like like um to our, one day i woke up on a monday morning and i said to sav my girlfriend oh, i'm gonna go and get a tattoo on my face she was like yeah yeah whatever and i came back with this way, like if you can see
1: it. Yeah, I can see it on your on your on your right eye.
2: Yeah, now and now when we go to Tesco, I have to, I have to wait in the car. I don't know why I got it. I just what is it. it?
1: What what tattoo it's, is it?
2: It's a cross. Oh, it's well. there for the rest. for the rest of my life now.
1: Well, are you Christian?
2: No. What the fuck do you get a cross then? I don't know. I just <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. Look at my hair. Well, wow. there
1: you go, That's... lads. You look different with that. Last time I seen you, you had black hair. I know. Well, I, that's, I know. You. Look, that's you. If, if I you've know. got feel... if you've got that impulsive thing going on, that's just you. It's you know, it is what it is. Yeah. From what I'm judging, you've got a little bit of anxiety kicking in. You, you know, yeah. it is what it is. I think the majority of the people that's been through what you've been through are gonna end up most people with addictions come out on the back of it with some sort of obsessive yeah. disorder or you know, something like that. So I heard you before saying
2: you were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of have, huh? Yeah, I'm really proud of myself for what I've achieved, and you know? no one can take that away from me. I've got a lot of regrets for things I've done, but it just, just, just uh, like, like, like with my sister and that, and just I'm take, my sister's 21 now in, and I'm taking her to Amsterdam in January for her birthday. Ooh, I'm ooh, taking ooh, her, ooh. And South, to, her and to, to Amsterdam just for a little, because, because whole ferry's over there, only over there. So we're yeah, just. No, it's very close you know, take isn't it? Are you going to get high? No, no, no. We're just not no, even a just...
1: little bit. You're not even going to eat a space cake or something.
2: Nah, no, because then I'll be, I'll be, I'll be asleep in the sea somewhere.
1: So you get out of prison, you, you know, you move up to, you move up to Hull. People in Hull embrace you. to give you opportunities, yeah. obviously, because you're employed now. You've got somewhere where you look. It looks like you're living in nice, a nice surround, a nice. Place to live in at the moment. you've got your little guinea pig. Yeah, yeah,
2: away. yeah. yeah we've we've got we've got. Are, our, you, nice... are you
1: are you still diagnosed with? Are you diagnosed with a mental health condition? Off the
2: doctor? Yeah. Well, well, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people have been saying this to me recently, and a lot. Like, I'm I'm trying to get a lot. I don't know whether I have, but even my manager at work says I think he thinks I might have ADHD. But uh, but
1: they're not a doctor. I've, as no, I've I know. Taught, I know that. I'm trying. Have to... doctors ever told you that you've got an issue?
2: Uh, yeah, but not yeah, never, never that. But yeah, I, okay. I don't know. Are you are you on medication? Yeah, uh, but only for like anti-anxiety and stuff like that. Anti-depression and anxiety. Yeah, yeah.
1: Would you take them the way you're meant to take them, or do you just take them when you're feeling down?
2: No, I take them the way I meant to take them. Yeah.
1: Well, that's good. If if you've got if you've got prescribed medication, it's important that you keep yeah. it balanced. Don't be taking it. Having the highs and then coming off it and having the lows because if you get used to the highs and lows, it'll continue on in the future. So if you're going to take medication, make sure you take them the way you're meant to take them and yeah, sustain that balance. you Understand I do. what I mean? Yeah. But if you can hold your job down, mates.
2: Yeah. So. You know, I'm, I'm not. Do- I'm doing quite well actually. Like you know, even just buying a little car, it's not. You know, it's not the best, but just. You no. know...
1: I ignore all that materialist, materialistic fucking nonsense, lad. If you've got a car that's got purpose, meaning you're not just yeah, fucking exactly, around yeah. like a drug dealer wanting to look the bollocks, you get your car to get yourself to work and back and so on and so forth. It doesn't matter as long as it's taxed and roadworthy, lad. Do you understand exactly. what I'm
2: saying? And Sav keeps crashing it every week, so it doesn't really matter whether it has got a few more dents <laughs> in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's not the only one to crash it.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, be well, careful be... when you're
1: driving and me, you know, because you don't want to end up hurting yourself um, right. really, really bad, do you? So it's always nice to be careful when you're driving, especially yeah. on, on these roads. Yeah.
2: So yeah. You,
1: what's, your, what's your future plans then, mate? What's going on with your future plans?
2: Well, um, well, well uh, I mean, me and Sav are thinking about maybe we're going to have a good year next year. We're going to Cyprus. Um, I'm just going get, to get my head down and we've worked still. Um, she's doing her thing at work, and then I think the year after we're going to start planning for a mortgage. Big steps, so. Who's Sav? Oh, that's my girlfriend. She was on uh, Sean's podcast with me.
1: Well, you, I think I I think I was thinking is Savvy was was your sister?
2: Oh no, that's it Yeah, sorry, it's Imi. Yeah. So Savannah.
1: Your sister's twenty-one.
2: Yeah.
1: And then you've got Sav, your girlfriend. Yeah. Well, that's good. Then at least you've got, at least you're in a relationship.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I do a nothing sometimes, like, but um, I come out with all sorts of strange things. But yeah, she's, yeah. We were both got, exactly. we were
1: as long as, as long as you've got that, you know, that passion of energy and it feels right. Oh, away, yeah, yeah. We've never. If the passion's there, everything's sweet.
2: Yeah, we've never run out of. Um things to say, do you know what I mean? You know, when you're with the, well, I mean, we, we, we've been to Venice this year. Where else have we been? Uh, went some, Oh, Bulgaria. Don't, we're just, you know, we're just, we, we you like know, to... we're living, you're
1: living a life, la. You're going to, yeah. and then next, next year, you, you say in January, you're going to Amsterdam. Yeah. Who was that with Savo, your sister?
2: It's, it's with both of them because it's uh, both their birthdays in Jan. So Yeah.
1: And then later got... on, you're going to where? Cyprus, did you Cyprus,
2: say? Yeah. It's just nice to create little carrots on a stick. When, you, when you're grafting like, like sometimes I work six till six in the morning and it's like oh, and then I've got to do it all over but you know but we yeah we, we like
1: to at the, make... end of it, at the end of it lad. you're not in prison
2: yeah. you've got a steady yeah.
1: income and you're, you're, you're setting as you say you're putting carrots on sticks in the future so you can go after the carrot and once yeah. you keep on achieving them little things lad, it can only get better for you can't it
2: yeah. and then and, and then hopefully um, if this if this to, to get this book sorted out, that that it just even just even just to say that I've I've got a book published would just be my absolute dream. You know what I mean? Right, so be- I
1: can only imagine it's fucking Godfly fucking. Um, it, I can only imagine it's Sean doing your book. Am I right? <laughs> is it Sean doing your book, Stevie? Uh y- yes. Is it
0: Sean? Yes, Godfly <laughs> Press. Correct. Yeah, yeah. He sent me some of it already. He's a brilliant writer, and he's just finishing it off now. Yeah, yes, it will be out next year. Yeah. So
2: what's what's the book about? It's do you know what? Um, It's just about sort of uh, my life, but um, just like just just me being a typically average person. But like, so you, Darren, if you'd never met me and you walked in the street, you know, maybe I'll just be like, oh. But the story I've just, t- I just, basically what I'm trying to get across is everyone, everyone on this entire planet is unique, and everyone's got their own different story to tell, and it's it's absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah. You and are. I
2: just so you know that the, the, the fact is that no one on this planet will ever do or see things that Darren G has ever seen or said ever again, and it's, and. and Till till the end of time, there'll be no one else like you know. Just just in times of like you know, just to give people like hope, that I, sort of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't know
1: exactly what you're on about. Just like yourself, just like Sean, just like everyone else. Yeah, on, you know? every, there's only yeah, ever yeah. gonna be there's only ever gonna be one of you, so you need to live you to the fullest, basically.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, not a, and not,
1: light, not a negative light, isn't it, mate
2: Yeah, and not just think you're just another number in in to make up the population.
1: That's it, mate. And you know what? I always say to people that's got, like, mild forms of ADHD and they feel like they're not part of the crowd and they feel left out from time to time because of that ADHD, what I like to say to you is you've got a unique source of energy that no one else has got. Yeah, that's true. And once you realise that that's what you're dealing with is a unique source of energy, embrace it that you're different. Embrace that you're not like everyone else. And embrace that you've got a different type of energy source at times through the day. And the more you embrace it and accept it instead of trying to challenge it, your life gets better.
2: Yeah, hundred percent.
1: So you, so you, so you said that you said earlier on what was going on that you've gone to work this morning and you've just yeah. broke down. What was that on? Can I can I suggest something? Was that on the back of watching your content on Sean Atwood's platform last night? Did you no. watch? That did it reopen anything or or what happened?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it was a mixture of uh, mixture of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, also, because, uh, uh, unfortunately, Sav's, Sav's mum died of cancer in March, and um, with it coming up to being Christmas, and everyone's all like, it's her first Christmas without her best friend and her mum. And, and also, it's her, birth, her mum's birthday. And then, just thinking back, at, it just made me reflect on the year. I, t- I was just listening to Paolo Nutini, and I... I just, she bless her, like she's so amazing, you know. And then just, just picturing her this year.
1: Just... Oh, so on the back of that, why, why are you getting upset? Why are you not? Um, I'm sure Sav, your girlfriend, your partner, will want someone that's strong for it at this. Yeah, point of course,
2: of course but yeah,
1: but it's really important just... for you to start switching your mindset. You know, yeah. switching it up. You're, you are a man. You have got masculinity in there. Why aren't you promoting that within yourself? You sound like a decent fella. You sound kind-hearted. Although you've had a few of this and a bit of that and you've gone off tracks a little bit. Yeah. When, when, when I'm listening to you, I can see deep down you've, you are a red-blooded male with a kind heart. So why can't, you, why can't you find yourself and bring yourself to be that strong, confident, secure individual?
2: Because I don't have a lot of self-worth myself, really, to be honest. I think it was just all a mixture of things like, obviously, watching that back on Sean's thing, uh, of Sean's podcast, that brought back a lot of stuff. And then that's that's hence why I couldn't sleep. And then, yeah.
1: It does, mate. It does. It, and that's what them podcasts can do with you. And that's why aftercare, in some cases, is very important. A lot of podcasters out there, they'll get you on. They'll suck the blood out of you. They'll suck the energy out of you. And then just ignore you and let you deal with the, the open wounds that you've revisited and all that. And when you watch that content back, it, that's what it is. You're watching the content. It's, it's reaffirming all the shit that you've been through that caused you traumatic, you know, headspace. And it all sort of reopens. And to deal with that, you're on a buzz in one way because you... You might you might be caught up in the comments and there's loads of comments bigging you up and so on and so forth. But then on the other hand, you're getting all this this stuff that you've buried years ago. You're reliving a little bit, and it can disturb your sleep. And any mind that hasn't had enough sleep is very weak.
2: Yeah, but Sean and Jen have been absolutely great ever since I met them. To be fair, we've all, we've always been in contact. They're just great people. So, you know. Well, there's
1: not many there's not many people that are able to get a book done with Gadfly Press. So you're lucky in that sense, you know, he's got faith in you if he's helping you publish your yeah, book yeah. His label. Yeah. So at the same So it is what it is. We've been on for an hour, lads. little bit of an interesting story. I must admit, at the middle of the story, when you're walking up to your dad's at midnight and you've got this weapon on you and the, and he's got his door, he steps out and you see the tiger on his neck and then you just... Melting. I was I was expecting some
2: big ferocious attack
1: and you just went I wouldn't, be I
2: wouldn't be here if I did for <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: no, but you understand what I mean. It was good, it was nice, it was nice in the sense well where... hang on, that was that was a fucking that was a coin flip, wasn't it? Just took me right off my seat, to be honest. I was expecting some gruesome, and I'm sure everyone on the watch was expecting something gruesome to have gone on, but you know it is what it is, it shows you the type of man you are. To recognise your young sister watching on and it instantly changed the way your emotions were going, changed your mindset and completely changed the outcome of what you were intending to do. Because as you've just said there, mate, if it would have went all the way, you were lifed off in prison, never getting out again. Yeah. So it's it's good what you've done, lad. I don't think it's a weak thing. It's a very, very powerful thing. Just having the strength to stop yourself while you're caught up in that emotional fucking passion, just just the ability to stop yourself from continuing is a very powerful thing to do. And, you know, I've, I've got respect for you for that, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Have you got any last words? Have you got anything you'd like to say to anyone? Have you got any advice that you think people might gain well, from?
2: Well, just, uh, I'd just like to, um, there's some things mentioned in, especially Sean's podcast, um, that, you um, that if anyone is 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 struggling like like this morning i was struggling do you know what i've done i picked up the phone and I, and I spoke to my mate rich at work like and we, you know, so just just keep talking that's that's what you got to do really just keep talking yeah
1: you're right in that because if if you don't if you don't um, be brave enough to tell people how you feel and they'll end up burying you yeah, don't exactly. I I, I I, I said it to Deca last night. It's a problem shared. is a problem
2: after. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: You feel better when you've shared what you... Obviously, you can share what you're going through with individuals and they will broadcast it all over the graph. So it's important that you share it with someone you know has got your benefits at heart and and not an ulterior motive. Do you understand? But it is what it is. It's great advice, mates. If you're struggling, don't be scared to pick up a phone or approach anyone and share what you're going through because you know life does go on there is a next day you will wake up tomorrow in a different mindset you've yeah. just got to offload the bullshit
2: yeah percent.
1: well how are you feeling steve you're okay now as 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 we're here now how are you feeling within yourself you're feeling all right after this interview or yeah yeah i'm
2: feeling all right yeah yeah Good yeah stuff, mate. Good i've stuff. got to be up at four in the morning do the old grind but yeah well don't let
1: this interview play with you don't let it give you that ADHD energy you know (laughs) it is what it is try not to drink coffee before you go to bed energy drink so on and so forth
2: yeah have a blessed
1: night mate thank you for coming on this live thanks Thanks, Stevie
2: thank you
1: thanks a lot brother you take care cheers what a nice guy Sean
0: Stevie is a pure soul i was sat next to him at paul stansby's wedding the other month and he's just an absolute gentleman he's a lovely guy you can see he's struggled with his social anxiety and he continues to do so but he's open about it and you know it's i think it's important that we interview the variety of people who end up in prison not just a certain kind of person, maybe the tough guy or whatever uh, we that we see, tend we to
1: go We seem to get access to a lot of um, prolific criminals instead of someone that just had a moment of madness. And you don't really get to hear their side of the story, do you?
0: No, and in and the you end... Can see, you, chose... you, can
1: see, you can see the effects of prison upon them, can't you? You can see it as implemented on them in a negative way, in its own little way, hasn't it? You know, so... It is what it is. How did you come across him? Did he reach out? Did you meet him on the off chance? How did you come across him?
0: So when Paul Stansby started his podcast, not not so long ago, about a year or two, I imagine now, I was very addicted to watching it. So Carl Scott, um, Stevie Lee, these are the interviews that stood out the most to me and I reached out to them and then we got them on uh, like you said, we filmed him and Sav in Liverpool in the summer. We had a wonderful day with them. And they're just a really beautiful couple, yeah. Good stuff. Well,
1: how are you, Sean? Are you okay? I, I suggest you're hungry there now. I'm
0: a little bit hungry, yeah. You've, had, uh, your gonna, food gonna,
1: gonna you've had your food on the back burner for an hour, haven't you?
0: <laughs> I'll just say to the viewers that Stevie did. See some pretty brutal violence in the prison as well, and he told us those stories. Um, we sort
1: of skipped across it, didn't we? Basically, because I really wanted to know about just him and how he was feeling. But
0: it was great. I, I think the insight. I think you you got the insight you got into Stevie. Uh, is, you know, it just shows at what an honest, and nice person he is. Who's had, had a battle with his demons.
1: Yeah, badly. And the majority of them demons was forced by the devil dust, wasn't it? And that's why he always encouraged the youth to stay away from the devil dust. And, and the pivotal point in the conversation when he was talking about his drugs and how he first started was that he was with his mate who was older than him and his older mate offered him the drug and basically turned him into an addict. And that's what happens in the majority of communities now. You've got young girls, young lads being influenced by older girls, older lads, encouraging them to have their first line of the devil dust. And once that first line of the devil dust gets in there, they become a customer for the next 10 or 15 years. And it's very important that you're, if you're listening to this, any of the youth, and we know how prevalent drugs are when you go into these festivals and you go into these nightclubs and so on, you've got a load of people preying on you, encouraging you. It's okay, just have one, it won't hurt you, it's okay. But trust me, the first one does hurt. you, you just don't realise it. It's very important you don't get yourself involved in any sort of narcotics because you will form an addiction and that addiction will control your life and destroy your families at the same time. Any last words, Sean, before we go, mate?
0: Your slogan, Darren, isn't it? Basically, Stevie Lee, he chose a life over a knife.
1: Exactly that, that flashpoint where his little sister popped her head out the wall has given him that moment to have a little think. I don't know whether he was thinking of choosing his life and not the knife, but that's exactly what I mean. In every violent situation, you will have a moment of clarity where you can think for a little few seconds. In that moment of clarity, it's important that you've got a phrase like choose a life, not a knife already in your mind, and it'll come right to the front, it'll stand you right still, It'll make you assess what the fuck you're doing. It'll make you assess the consequences of your actions. And you'll stop it because you don't want to be lifed off. You don't want to be sitting in prison. And most and foremost, you do not want to be harming any other human being and creating victims that go far and wide. And that's what's important there. So on that on that positive note, people, another live. I know it was unprovoked. I know you weren't expecting it. But that's that's that wood way. He just throws it on us and we get it on. As always, peace out. L5 shouts. Choose a life, not a knife. And we'll see you soon. Have a nice evening. Thank you.
0: Gavfly Press is proud to announce the publication of Big Joe Egan, the toughest white man on the planet. And that statement came from none other than Mike Tyson, who wrote the introduction to the book. If you want to check it out, the link is in the description box below the video. It's got almost five stars on Amazon and it is mind-blowing stories of Joe's rise in boxing. You've got the crime story of what went down at the pub, the war at the pub, Joe's incarceration and how the toughest white man on the planet could not be held down, how he rebuilt his life. He's gone from strength to strength and what he's You know, you can see right now what he's doing all over the world. So links will be in the description box, below the video. Thanks for watching.
2: And if you want to see the full podcast, it's on our channel now.
0: In which he talks about Michael Francis, Tyson, and loads of big names that he's worked with. Fascinating stories. Check it out. So the book, Big Joe Egan, Toughest White Man on the Planet, is available in all three formats, audio, ebook, and paperback, worldwide on Amazon. Link in the description box.